this is Jeff Coburn. We welcome you to this Disney at Play podcast. Well, last week in our previous podcast, we spoke of the first quarter earnings and the strategies Bob Iger has put in place for revitalizing the Walt Disney Company. One of those opportunities is to build capacity in the parks. To that end, he announced the addition of an avatar experience at Disneyland with the intent that it would not only create greater capacity, thus allowing more guests to visit, but would draw more interest in attending the parks. In this podcast, we look at that strategy and how that could play out not only in the four parks, but throughout the entire Walt Disney World Resort. While some do involve large-scale capital expenditures and a long-term construction period, there are many things that could open up capacity and be put in place in the short term. So join us as we look at not only potential intellectual properties, but increasing capacity at Walt Disney World. Make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast so you get notifications when new podcasts come out. Know that this podcast, as well as others, are brought to you by Performance Journeys, which celebrates its 20th year as a training and development group, bringing best-in-business ideas through keynotes, workshops, seminars, and amazing benchmarking programs to organizations in the public, private, and nonprofit sectors. If you are seeking to improve your customer delivery, to re-engage the morale of your workforce, to improve the leadership in the organization, and especially to bring best-in-business practices like we talk about here in this podcast from Disney, We offer not only great solutions tried and tested from our time working intimately to raise excellence in organizations big and small. At Performance Journeys, it's as much about the journey as it is about the performance. All right, so maybe to kick this this off, much of this discussion was tied specifically to Disney's intellectual properties, its IP, and how do we get people, his experience, and he illustrated it with things like Pandora at Disney's Animal Kingdom. How do we utilize Disney IP because it is his belief that, or it is his experience and the data is apparently showing to them that the more of those intellectual properties used, the more excited and more likely guests are to come to the parks. Well, let's just overview some of the more recent intellectual properties. I mean, there's plenty of Beauty and the Beast and uh, Little Mermaid and Lion King in the parks, but what about the more recent kinds of things that go back um, the last 10 years? For instance, through Disney feature animation, we have Moana, we which which has been used and continues to be used. We know that there's this walkthrough attraction that'll be at Epcot. I think they're wanting to see more. We're going to talk about that. Zootopia is another one of those properties. Brian the Last Dragon didn't seem to to connect as much with audiences, but is there a possibility there? Big Hero 6, Wreck-It Ralph, Turning Red, and especially Encanto. That seems to be a huge opportunity that's um, that has 
been received, I think, among Latin American audiences in the same way that Lion King is aligned and, t and tied to African American audiences. Uh, people just, but it doesn't matter where you come from, people can connect with Encanto, and that's been a very successful uh, film. So that and the other Disney animated features, how could that they be used? In Pixar, we have Luca, which uh, its Italian roots could be explored. Coco with its Mexican roots. Soul, uh, I, I see Disney wanting to do more with Soul and even with its more recent um, Onward, as well as things like, um, mind you, you know, uh, Bob Iger talked about another Frozen, another Zootopia, another... Um, um, Toy Story element, those aren't going to go away either. But can these other uh, attractions be utilized? In Star Wars, um, we still have a lot to play with there. Even though there is a massive Star Wars land, at Walt Disney World, it's tied to the last three um, f major films that had come out. Um, it's tied to Kylo Ren. Um, it's tied to Rey. It's not tied to Darth Vader or Luke Skywalker or anything else outside of that. In addition, um, we don't have anything at Walt Disney World tied to Mandalorian and especially nothing tied to Andor, which um, I have casually said I should, I, I should have done a podcast on Andor because I do think... That is truly one of the best Star Wars features, uh, even though it is on Disney Plus and not in the theater. I, in a heartbeat, if you told me you had you had edited and trimmed Andor and put it into the movie theater, I'd be there. I'd be there to watch the thing. So um, you can reverse engineer some of these things and put them into theaters. I think that's a missed opportunity not to do so. Um, because I think it's a really great film. And if you haven't seen it on Disney+, Plus, I encourage you to do so. Marvel obviously has its limitations due to contractual obligations with Universal and Universal Studios here in Florida. There are still some possibilities that haven't been explored. Shang-Chi apparently, and again, I don't have access to the, to the individual contracts, but I love that film. I love the characters. And apparently there is opportunity to do something with um, Shang-Chi in the parks that is not... Um, I think there is a rule that Universal must not only have the characters, but they must do something with the characters. And there's nothing done with Shang-Chi, but there's nothing done with other uh, Marvel characters. So, But I think this one is even off the, off the list of what they could do. Eternals actually were featured in Gar Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Um, there was an Eternal featured there, but I think the characters from Eternals, I, I think that was a very good film. Again, it's one of those that kind of got lost due to the pandemic. I wish I could have seen that in a big theater. I think it needs to play again in a big theater. It is a long film. It is eternal in its, in its length, but it's a really good movie. And I think people should give that a try. And I think uh, Marvel intends to continue utilizing that uh, intellectual property. Then you have, um, we just mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy. Could there be more? Possibly. 
Um, and then there's the one that most people don't link to Marvel, but has not been well utilized, and that is Big Hero 6. That is based on uh, a Marvel comic book and has all sorts of potential in the park. And finally, there's Fox. Well, obviously, Avatar, the world of Pandora and all that is played out at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Could there be more Avatar? at Walt Disney World in the same way that you see Beauty and the Beast stretched be, um, in fan, in the new Fantasyland at Magic Kingdom and also at Disney's Hollywood Studios in their stage show um, or um, uh, Little Mermaid with its stage show and its attraction over in the Magic... Could you do something like that? So there's possibilities there. Night at the Museum, I think, has opportunities. We'll talk about... A possibility there. Ice Age, I don't, it's not something that appeals to me, but it has done well in the box office for Fox. It's their leading animated film. Could it have some application at Disney? Possibly. And then even um, older series like Alien, well, that sounds foreign for Disney parks, but remember it used to be in uh, Disney, well, what was once Disney MGM Studios, so, and the great movie rides. So it's not, none of these are a stretch. All of these have possibilities in the parks. Let me play out some things that could occur here. And let me also help you understand what I mean by creating or improving this capacity thing. Because that's, it isn't just building another attraction or, well, let's take Tiana's Bayou Adventure. In one sense, when Tiana's opens, I expect that there will be very long lines. And the fact that people are standing in those long lines does suggest an attraction that um, increases capacity only because you have another thousand people standing in line. But in truth, while perhaps you might make a case for Splash Mountain being redone to Tiana's, um, you're not replacing the capacity because Splash Mountain's capacities and Tiana's is going to be virtually the same. There's been talk about Imagineers kind of poking around Pecos Bills. Could there be something down there? Could it be tied to um, Tiana's? I... I find that to be uh, a stretch that doesn't work for me. I think it needs to stay. Not that I'm the biggest fan of Pecos Bills. I do like the song, but no one knows the cartoon. Um, as cute as it is, and this is quite funny, it's, a, it's a much uh, to do with Ward Kimball's. But um, animated expertise, and, and or not actually, I say Ward, yeah, Ward Kimball's animated expertise, but all that said and done, Pecos Bills runs at a very high capacity already. You don't need to do anything. There's no retheming that's going to increase capacity. Conversely, there could be attractions that you're not using or that are underutilized that could. Um, let me give you two examples. Alien, well, what was Stitch's Great Escape? Those two theaters, if you didn't know, that, that the pre-show goes into one of two theaters that you, where you sit in the round. That has huge potential in creating greater capacity. Do you go to an alien encounter going back to Fox? 
do you could you do something with the avatar inside at the center of that or could you do something with Baymax and create a Baymax encounter inside there's lots of properties that could go inside to create a theater show inside that that setting those kinds of things would create um, greater um, capacity because they were totally uh, um, underutilized even when they were running and of course now that they're not running they're they're not utilized at all so there's huge opportunities for creating greater capacity there in an underutilized one don't die on me here this is almost surprising for me too to say this I'm intrigued with this Adventureland treehouse that's being redone over at Disneyland now Disneyland had the original Swiss Family Treehouse. It was then redone um, to be Tarzan's Treehouse. Apparently, Tony Baxter kind of got the impression that they were going to tear it down to allow more efficiency in the park there. And he hit up the idea of basing it on Tarzan. It became Tarzan's Treehouse. Now it sounds like it's being made into Adventureland Treehouse inspired by the Swiss Family Robinson with elements of Swiss Family Robinson, but also elements of Tarzan and possibly elements of Encanto in that treehouse. In other words, it could be a treehouse that kind of shares multiple intellectual properties. And I got to tell you, this is an example of an attraction that's underutilized. You, I remember the early days as a child, there used to be a line. You had to wait and wait and wait to get up that tree and down. Um, nowadays, very few people really go up into the treehouse. And as much as I love Swiss Family Robinson, it's one of my favorite live-action Disney films, you have to be honest about it. The thing's older than I am, and most people just don't know that film. Now, if you haven't seen that film, you ought to watch that film, because it's truly one of the great films out there. But, um... And maybe it's overdue. I think there may be something coming out on Disney Plus related to Swiss. I don't know. But at any rate, this seems like an opportunity to use utilize something that is underutilized at uh, Walt Disney World. The th final thing I'm going to suggest at Magic Kingdom that, again, you kind of have to do a head scratching is would a nighttime parade increase uh, capacity in the parks. I mean, if you have people watching a parade, then you have more space for people to, then there, there are park attractions elsewhere that are empty and they can be utilized. In other words, you can put more people in there at night. The problem with Walt Disney World is it's prided itself on, on Mickey not-so-scary Halloween parties and um, Mickey's very merry christmas party and other after hour events that really you don't get as much bang for your buck because there's only so many nights a year where the magic kingdom and admittedly you already max out that space around around main street and the hub for the fireworks so to think that before or after and or after you might do a nighttime parade it, it just is a logistics nightmare. So that may not be the best example of what could be um, creating greater capacity. But between all those examples, you see that some things aren't going to create greater capacity. Some things are utilizing things that are already built but ha have, are not being utilized at all. And other things 
are just simply under capacity like the treehouse. So taking those ideas, let's go to Epcot and see what possibilities exist there. For instance, the big thing there that could is totally not utilized is Wonders of Life. That has a huge potential. In my um, in my, the play pavilion that was promised there was uh, maybe because of budget, maybe they just didn't see it. I thought the intent there was to make this into sort of a black box space where new characters could be introduced all the time and you could always have a, kind of a new set of meet and greets or interactive activities or kind of low um, cost easy implementation um, ideas to introduce new characters and new properties to guests. Honestly, I have to say that's a smart idea and I'm surprised they haven't gone forward to it because it allows you to go through everything we just talked about. So many things, especially on the Disney Pixar side, so many things you could be doing in that space. Um, but, but if you went to one IP, Baymax, going back to the healthcare themes, Baymax and Big Hero 6, you could do a whole lot there. You have four different theaters there, um, or at least kind of four different seating configurations, staging configurations. You have a big simulator, which has gone, I mean, it needs a lot of work on it, but hey, that's better than putting in a new simulator. You have an existing facility that where in a year or a little bit more than a year, you could have something really fantastic up and running. And yes, it would create an increased capacity in Epcot, especially if you chose the right um, intellectual property to go in there. Something that is evergreen, that is always attracting people to come in there. In a much simpler example, this could be done in, I mean, weeks as opposed to um, a month, months or a year. Um, Canada, the Hotel du Canada, the basement is La Seyere. Um, the top of it has never been utilized, but the middle of it, where you kind of go over it, um, where you walk by it, on the second tier was once upon a time a bunch of shops. Turning Red did very well. It was one of those mentioned by Bob Iger, I believe, as one of the best streaming properties last year, according to um, Nielsen Ratings. You could easily have a Turning Red meet and greet there. It wouldn't dramatically increase capacity, but those little things make a big difference. And so what could you do at Italy with the Luca property? If you're familiar with the Sleeping Beauty walkthrough, or if you're familiar with um, the Aladdin walkthrough, well, there's several walkthroughs at, Di at um, Disneyland Paris. Um, there's a Frontierland walkthrough. There's a Statue of Liberty walkthrough. There's lots of, and, and uh, a Sleeping Beauty walkthrough in the castle. Um, you could do a little Luca grotto out to the side, which would be kind of a looking at different windows, like you would look at the windows of Main Street with with um, Christmas Carol or different Disney imaginings. 
you could do something with Luca there that would be a lot of fun. Um, on a grander scale, I think that it has always been a miss that Mexico was represented in, um, and yes, you could you could retheme Mexico from Donald's experience to um, to Coco. But the problem is is that the boats, for the most part, there aren't long lines all the time, but the boats, for the most part, keep to a capacity. It's usually not much more than a 10 or 15 minute wait, but the boats are always full. So if you go change it out to Coco, you're just going to have longer lines. You're not going to have, you're not going to increase capacity other than the length of the line, like I kind of mentioned earlier with Tiana's Bayou. It doesn't make sense to do that. On the other hand, there is no representation of of Latin America, of South America, especially in World Showcase. You have Mexico, but that's that's Central North America, really. Um, when you get down to South America, we have nothing. Brazil was always thrown about, but Colombia could well be represented by Encanto. And my thinking on this, and and you're going to see this play out in several different places. I think you could do a multi-phase approach that would continue to get people to come out to a Colombian uh, pavilion. Phase one is to build just a little um, corner um, adobe building and do a simple meet and greet of Encanto. That would take six to eight months, less than a year. Phase two would build out an entire village around that, which would include a Colombian restaurant, include shops that would feature South American and Colombian merchandise, and then the actual exterior of the Casa Madrigal. Not opened in the same way the Haunted Mansion when it was built at Disneyland years ago, went several years without being actually an attraction working. It was just a building there at the end of New Orleans. Then the phase three could be actually a Casa Madrigal dark ride when you go through the Casa. And that way you could take advantage of Encanto immediately. Uh, Right now, all you have is Mirabelle on one of the um, floats that come down the street at the Magic Kingdom. You don't even have an opportunity to do a meet and greet, which they have at Disneyland. So if you're gonna increase capacity, just simply do a meet and greet. You have, that's such a simple thing. And all of these other things would increase capacity and could be done in a phased form so you take advantage of things as quickly as possible. And then the, th- the final one I would mention is Journey into Imagination, which you might say doesn't increase capacity, but it would increase interest if if you that whole pavilion is underutilized if the theater is underutilized the the upstairs area is underutilized they took out a part of the ride area and that further underutilized it and yet figment continues to be popular what i think needs to happen is that figment needs to be a part of disney plus and they need to create And it doesn't need to be children's program. It could be little shorts. It could be any number of things that celebrate all things Figment or all things about imagination. Figment needs to own imagination. 
because he's already popular. This is not, this is just, this is an intellectual property that's never had a film attached to it in the theater or a television show. It has potential. So at any rate, those things offer low, simple ideas for getting especially wonders, especially a, a, a phased and approach to Columbia taking advantage of journey to imaginations facilities you have facilities at epcot utilize them and increase capacity we move to disney's animal kingdom where there we talk about this whole dino land and in d23 they talked about the possibility of moana and a zootopia space here's how i would position all that to increase capacity quickly the biggest issue in capacity, in creating capacity, was having a nighttime spectacular in Disney's Animal Kingdom to increase the number of people going into restaurants and dining and having those experiences. All of that didn't happen with Rivers of Light and the attendants didn't stay up. They have hours in the day where they could be filling into the evening and an extra two or three hours could do huge amounts of work. So my first phase suggestion to this whole Dinoland area is adjacent. You need to take that lagoon area and you may need to make it into a Moana show and make the main entrance more toward the Dinoland area rather than the Asia area so you don't get all that confusion. But use that as a space to focus on something tied to Moana. The second phase would be, and, I, and it wouldn't be a bad thing too, by the way, if you maybe utilized a couple of different Disney characters in that space as well. It could be part Moana. It could be part Raya and the Last Dragon. It could be part um, Chang-Chi. There's just lots of different ways of working different themes into that. Oh, and an avatar. You could work in Avatar and Pandora. You want to work in Avatar and Pandora because Fox was purchased on, on Bob Iger's um, watch and his being believed as being successful for having acquired a very expensive billion, 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 billion plus franchise or studio needs to pay off and avatar is the biggest way to pay that off so more nighttime show would be the first phase the second phase is to take the spinner attraction in dino land take the gift shop nearby take that area where the games are and redo that into a moana space tied to moana then next door the third phase would be taking the dino play area, the, 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 the playground area, and the restaurantosaurus, and taking that whole area and making that into a Zootopia-themed uh, area. The fourth phase would be replacing the dinosaur attraction with the Zootopia attraction, because you already have the infrastructure of a building. And then the fifth phase would be adding a water attraction based on Moana, as shown in the illustration. This is a five-year plan that keeps bringing people back year after year after year to the space. That really not only um, seeks to um, um, 
um, build capacity. It, it, it just it 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 does so over a multi-year period. Um, it's just and it allows you to do something immediately in that area. That that is a huge opportunity in Disney's Animal Kingdom. Last but not least, there are so many opportunities at Disney's Hollywood Studios. One of the things that really ticks everybody off, and I have mentioned it in a couple of previous podcasts, I'm sorry if I keep re-mentioning it, is they brought in these Star Wars characters from Mandalorian um, and um, I think, yeah, Andor as well, and into Disneyland's Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And they are now, you now could see Grogu and, and everybody else in this land. But they have determined that the land here, the same exact same land, cannot have these characters because they tie the land into the time period used by the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser that brings guests in every two days into that space. If you want to dramatically increase capacity, by the way, um, and I'm just jumping to elsewhere on Walt Disney World property, is you need to have more reasons to do Star Wars and to come to Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. And doing that, you have the benefit of Star Wars Launch Bay, the former Disney animation building. That has huge potential. And we know that because before we had Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, Bob Iger announced we're going to have season of Star Wars. I can't remember what we called it. But but it was a period of time where we had a whole bunch of Star Wars things going on down Hollywood Boulevard in the animation courtyard. Um, you had those huge barges that were lined up in front of the um, uh, uh, Chinese theater where you were doing these shows featuring all these different characters from Star Wars. You could bring Mandalorian here. You could bring Mandalorian and and um, as well as Andor into Star Wars Launch Bay. You could have meet and greets with with um, Darth Vader again and others. Actually, Darth Vader may already be there, but but you get the idea. Um, you get the idea of what could could go here. The Jedi training stage had like forty kids on it, and about two and a half adults per per child, all gathered around this, done like twelve times a day at least. Um, sometimes I think it was like up to 15 or 16. That it, that training stage is still sitting there. That could be even redone. What would you do if you had a couple of shows a day that was focused around Andor instead of, and you could invite adults or families as a whole to come be part of that. Just There's all sorts of possibilities on that Jedi training stage. I'm telling you, you'll bring back the Star Wars fans and a new Star Wars fireworks show that brings in the elements of Mandalorian and Andor. All of that could be done at Disney's Hollywood Studios. It still keeps pure the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge space, but for those who want to have all the other Star Wars elements, there's all this other space for doing that. In the same animation courtyard is the Little Mermaid space. The stage, I don't have a problem re 
putting, you know, turning the, turning that show back on again and doing The Little Mermaid, it was popular. Um, you could maybe even restage it slightly to the film version that is coming out soon. That's not a bad idea. But if you're not going to do Little Mermaid, could you do something like Encanto the Musical in there? Um, you could have an Encanto the Musical there and Encanto in Epcot. You can always use your best IPs in more than one park. And then they're having to go to two parks. I mean, isn't that what we do with Universal and and um, and uh, Diagon Alley and and all of the Harry Potter stuff? Avatar, The Way of Water, could that use the water elements and laser elements or something to do some kind of Avatar show on the Little Mermaid stage? You need to reutilize that space. That is an opportunity, an existing facility that could add capacity. Um, in short order, Rock and Roller Coaster. Okay, this one's probably my crazier one. But what if you took that space as you leave the Sunset Boulevard, Tower Terror area, and you went into that space, what if we were to retheme that area as a warehouse district or something adjacent to Los Angeles's Chinatown? What would that look like? And what if you created a Shang-Chi coaster in lieu of where Rock and Roller Coaster is? What would that look like? What could you do with that space? I think there's possibilities, all sorts of opportunities there that could really maximize. Now, mind you, that's not going to increase capacity because that thing's running full all the time. But it would get people real excited. And you're going to have to get rid of Aerosmith at some point. So again, you, you are increasing interest for sure. I'm a little surprised because in the recent uh, weeks, they've reintroduced characters in the front of the park. I'm not surprised by that because there needs to be, there's always been characters in the front of the park like Goofy, although Goofy and Max are actually toward the entrance. Um, they were back toward um, uh, the space near Muppets are leading towards Star Wars Galaxy's Edge on that end. But, um, but they were putting the Incredibles characters in and around that space right on the hub in front of the Chinese theater. I was a little surprised by that because there's an Incredibles neighborhood with a completely decked out um, space uh, for um, the diva of the group. And, and yet they have them in the front. So if you're not going to use it for that, could you use that as a Disney Pixar Pals neighborhood or something and add meet and greets back there for it? Or could you make that San Francisco and do a Big Hero 6 thing back there? What can you do with that Big Hero? Could you, if nothing else, enclose that space and put in a dark ride based on one of these IPs? What could be done with the Incredibles neighborhood space? On the other side, where I was just talking about Goofy and Max um, doing something along Grand Avenue, that's the that's the name of the street I was looking for. Back in further, back behind Muppets 3D is a shop that has not reopened called Studio One. It used to sell Muppet merchandise, but it sold other kinds of things over time. Um, could you take that and make that into a small jazz club based on Seoul? Bring food and beverage out from, um, from Mama Melrose's and 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 create a sort of jazz club kind of experience back in there. I have another idea for Soul later on, but but 
that's one possibility. And then the final thing I'll mention for Disney's Hollywood Studios is parade. There used to be parades all the time. There used to be a Toy Story parade. That could go back in. A Pixar Pals parade. That could go in. There's so many parade possibilities that could really go in that are more than just processions along the street. I think that's a low-hanging opportunity. Elsewhere on Disney property, um, I can't believe I've mentioned either of these, but Blizzard Beach had taken their children's area and rethemed it to Frozen. Both of these water parks are kind of underutilized. They're not maxing out. In fact, they're not maxing out so much that they're not even open. They're kind of taking tag, tag teaming and not opening one over the other. They both need to be open except for a couple of months in the year where they need to, to take turns in the in the winter season where you're always going to expect less. But the summer season, you should have it full. Maybe all, all of Blizzard Beach needs to be redone to Frozen. Maybe Typhoon Lagoon needs to be redone to Moana. But there needs to be a revitalization of those two areas in a much bigger way to gather more interest and get more people to want to come to those water parks. Those are underutilized assets and they are really good assets for making a lot of money because you're really just paying for the water bills and your labor on, they are much less expensive to maintain than rides and attractions that you have in the other four parks. Over at Disney's Boardwalk, there is a dance hall. Could that be used as a sole sort of jazz club? That, in my opinion, would have some potential there. And then finally, at Disney Springs, I know everybody wants to put Tiana's Palace next to Tiana's Bayou Adventure, but it doesn't fit in the Frontierland theme. Go and make a dedicated space. You were going to make a dedicated space toward a Princess and the Frog restaurant in Reflections, which was a DVC property in Fort Wilderness, which really didn't quite tie there, except that the waters of Bay Lake kind of had that look and feel. Go create a Tiana's Palace right there at Disney Springs. Take a space and make a full-out, full-thrown, not this French market thing you're doing at Disneyland, but, but a big nightclub entertainment kind of experience with lots of jazz and lots of singing. You could do it f f in a big way that would really attract people to Disney Springs. And then the final thing I would say is the NBA experience which did not last long, um, what could be done with that? Could it be tied to ESPN? Maybe in a broader way, but I see the potential of some escape rooms. Universal recently did some escape rooms. What if you turned that into a night of the museum escape room? What would that look like? What are the possibilities with night of the museum? And how could that be utilized in some way? So, Long and short, there are huge opportunities at Walt Disney World to increase capacity with attraction space that has been underutilized or not utilized at all in recent years. There's also a phased way to introduce, in short order, increased capacity while leading toward larger attractions over over a period of time. Lots of possibilities. I'd like to see Disney really bring out a big list of possibilities in all of this. And I look forward to seeing what that might look like in the days and months to come. Well, thank you for joining us for this Disney at Play podcast. We appreciate your support. We appreciate you being a part. 
Um, as always, make sure you check out the Wayfinder Society. This is our place where you can join us in a Patreon-style group for as little as a dollar a month and have access to interactive tools that will heighten your enjoyment and understanding of the Disney parks as well as best-in-business Disney practices. All again, um, we want to invite you to be part of the messages and the things that we have here to offer at Disney at Work and Play. We got new things to showcase for you in the weeks to come. Stay stay close, stay subscribed, and in the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.